All right, Brother Ross is up tonight. I think if I'm, last week I was wrong. Uh, a lot of the guys had two different lessons, and Brother Jim's lesson was not the page I gave you. Uh, I believe this is why we have a serving ministry, page number 28. Page number 28, Brother Ross is going to come, and let's pay, uh, let's pay attention this evening. Thank you, Pastor. Oh, we got a new mic. It's, I don't even need this, actually, uh, so we'll get this over here. If you have your Bibles, please turn to the book of uh, Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20, Matthew chapter 20, thank the Lord for our church and um, thank the Lord that we've been having this youth conference for quite some time now and uh, just, we've seen so many good decisions and people serving the Lord because of the youth conference. I encourage you to make sure your young people are here. If they're in sixth grade or above, come those that have graduated, if you've just graduated, you do not have a job yet, make sure you come and be a part of it and be a blessing. We'll have so many people here. We have a good amount of churches coming. Uh, just uh, uh, make sure we make them feel welcome and, uh, and greet them during that time. We look forward to it. I thank God for our church. Our church is a busy church. Our church, we're always something happening. And uh, uh, I could kind of put it into this, these terms here, or this term, that our church is always on the move. And a growing church is always on the move. It's not sitting there, it's not just, um, you know, just living life and cruising, and we're not on neutral, we want to be on the aggressive, and we want to go out and do what we can uh, to reach the loss. That's our goal. The Great Commission is for us to reach the lost. Our, the, our Great Commission is not to build buildings, though we're building a building, and we need the building. And why we have this building is to fulfill the Great Commission, to send out workers and to train members and to train uh, uh, future uh, preachers and pr future missionaries. That's why we have this. Everything that we have and that we do here, as far as the ministry is concerned, bus ministry, we have bus ministry, and man, I, I, I am so glad we have that ministry, and I got my foot wet, or my feet wet, uh, um, uh, working in the bus ministry. And I remember knocking on those doors and, and, and caring and pastoring those kids, and that ministry helped me, but we have that ministry because of the Great Commission. We have a, a, a Sunday school. And uh, Sunday school is amazing. I love my Sunday school class and the people that are growing, they're hungry for God's word. And they, uh, they're, they're just, uh, uh, just so many people here that are involved in the Sunday school class. Just uh, everybody in here is involved in some kind of uh, Sunday school class. But we have that ministry because of the Great Commission. Yep. It's to help us reach people. And every ministry going from the wheelchair ministry and the shuttle ministry and uh, 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 um, uh, the secure, everything that we have, our grounds, our grounds is important because as soon as somebody comes, the first thing they go, they're going to see is our building and our lawn. And I tell the guys that keep our grounds, I said, you make the first impression. When people come to church, they're not going to see the gospel first. They're going to see the green grass and they're going to see the flowers and they're going to see that the, the, the uh, uh, beds, the planter beds have been weeded. And then when they come into the building, before they see anybody, before they see a greeter, they're going to park and they're going to find the parking. And all these ministries we have 
is because of the Great Commission. Because we want to see people saved. And to get this sermon in a nutshell, we have ministries, not just to have ministries, we have ministries in this church so we can see people saved. It's just another net, if you will. It's just another bait in the water. It's just something else to help draw them in to the gospel. But for us to have that, we need workers. The Bible says this, the harvest truly is what? But it were a few. Laborers. You said, does that mean necessarily just going out to give the gospel? Yes, it, it means that. But it also means those that are here at home working so that the Great Commission can be fulfilled. Yeah. Pastor uh, often says this, a staff-run church, got staff, you would know it, is a what? Staff-ruined staff church. The local church is important, and let me give you the, uh, the definition of a local church. The local church is a body of uh, a saved and baptized believers. That's you and I. We're saved and baptized. We're organized. We're constituted. Why? To fulfill and do the Great Commission. We're here together to serve. I've heard this, uh, uh, a, uh, this um, uh, quote, every saint, a servant. Every saint should be a servant. And let me say this, uh, uh, um, uh, church, for us to go somewhere, for us to do anything, there's going to need to be manpower. You guys ever heard of something called the, uh, uh, it's called the uh, Pareto Principle. Somebody said this, that 80% of the work in any organization is done by 20% of the people. Right. Amen. And 20% is a really small, and I thank the Lord for 20%, yeah. and I thank the Lord that our church is not like that, but the average company out there, 80% of the people that are involved in the company, they don't do that much. 20% do a lot. And I don't know if that, I don't think that's true about our church, Pastor. But my goal and my desire is that our church, that number goes up. Yeah. Where every servant or every saint is a servant. Yeah. Matthew chapter 20 and verse 20, let's read this together here. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee, children with her sons worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. They're coming to Jesus and they say they want a request. They're, they're, they're asking Jesus for a favor, if you will. And he said unto her, what wilt thou? She said unto him, grant that these my two sons may sit, one on the right hand and the other on the left in the kingdom. And they wanted to be somebody. By the way, uh, parents, I hope we desire that our children be somebody great for God. And that desire, in a sense, was kind of selfish, but it wasn't wrong. It's some, everywhere inside of our hearts, we want our children to accomplish great things. But I hope it's great things for the Lord. It's sad one time I was talking to a, a mom, and the mom took the young people out of school, Pastor. 
And I went to go talk to that parent, that mom. They took the kids out of school. The girl was a junior in high school, and she wanted to go to Bible college. The younger one was, uh, he was in in ninth grade or so. And I said, ma'am, don't take them out of school and put them in the public school. Let me say this, church. If you have your kids in the public school, be careful. You are putting them in a den of uh, of lions, in a pit of snakes, in a hole full of scorpions. You need to be careful because they're brainwashing and they are indoctrinating your children. I thank God for our Christian school. Our Christian school is not perfect. But let me say this. I guarantee you our teachers will pray for your children. I guarantee you our teachers will love your children. I guarantee you our teachers will teach you English and math and science. And I guarantee you they'll teach them all those things. But more importantly, they're going to point your children to the Lord Jesus Christ and to you. We all want something great for our children, but let's push them to greatness for the Lord. Going back to that mom that I spoke to, I said, you're going to mess these kids up going to getting them to the Christian, uh, uh, taking them out of the Christian school. I said, how about if God calls them to do certain things and you're taking them out and they lose that calling or they divert from that calling? And it's a sad statement that mom and, uh, said to me, Brother Bobby. She said, I said, they need to do God's will. She said, how about my will? I want them to do my will. And by the way, they didn't do her will either. Sad story. But parents, when we give our, parents, uh, our children to God and say, God, I am a steward of these children. I am raising them to do whatever you want them to do. I'm preparing them. I'm creating a platform. I'm giving them the, the tools that they need for your glory. And this is what she wanted. She wanted them to sit on the right hand, one on the left hand in the kingdom. In verse 22, Jesus said, this, ye know not what ye ask. Are ye able to drink of the cup that I should drink of and be baptized of the baptism that I'm baptized with? She said, we're able. She's like, yeah, we could do that. I don't know if we could, but she said that. And he said unto them, ye shall indeed drink of the cup and be baptized of the baptism which I'm baptized, but to sit on my right hand and on the left, it's not mine to give. Just going to be for uh, whom it is prepared of my father. In verse 24, and when the ten heard it, they were moved with indignation against the two brothers. They're like scoundrels. I can't believe this. They're a little jealous, a little mad, and uh, just like, I can't believe these guys did that. And by the way, Jesus' disciples uh, fought with each other also because they're human. But Jesus called them unto him and says, hey, guys, come here, come here, come here. I'm I'm sick and tired of this, this bickering and fighting. You know that the princes of uh, the Gentiles exercise dominion over them. And they, are great, uh, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. says, hey, you know these people? They're, they're the people that are somewhere up there. They exercise authority. They are up there. They have some authority. And Jesus said this. They all said, yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm thinking here that in that meeting, this is what's going through their mind. But it shall not be so among you. He says, guys, that's not us. And he flips the script and says, this is who we are. 
But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your, what's that next word? Minister. And the word minister there is a servant. And the Bible says, Who will, uh, whosoever will be chief among you. Chief is the top dog. Here it is. Let him be your. He says, guys, let me give you an example. Even the son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to what? He says, I didn't come to be waited on. He says, I didn't come to be served hand and foot. I came to serve. I didn't come to be served. Let's pray. Father, we pray, Lord, you bless these next oh, uh, 15 or so minutes we have together. Lord, help us to be servants of you and help us to just get involved in this local church. Lord, I love our church. Father, without servants, with the church cannot go anywhere without the people that serve in the church. We pray, Father, we'll be lovers of you and we'll uh, be better servants because, of, uh, we, because we've been here tonight. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. A healthy church is a collection of common people that uses their God-given talents to do the work of the Lord. For our church to continue to be great, and I think we have a great church. And I'll I'll say this on the mountaintop, we have a great church. We have a great church because we have a great pastor. We have a great church because we have great people. We have people that don't just sit there. We have people that serve. Uh, When I say serve, so many people go through my mind. I think of every time uh, we're serving food, I just go to one office. And she didn't have to do this. I go to Miss Limcock, Miss Limcocko. We're going to serve. I need, uh, I need people. Oh, Brother Ross, I'm not any younger. I said, I know. I know you're not young. You look young, though. I try to praise her a little bit so she can. I said, you, 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 look, you look great for 85. No, I don't know if she's 85. <laughs> I'm going to get killed. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mrs. Limcocko. I said, no, no, you're not old. Old is just an age. Uh, you know, trying to butter her up. And then sometimes I get my uh, a foot uh, stuck in my mouth. But she has all these ladies come to serve. I come, I'm like, you know, we got a lot of people here. And our church is full of them. Every Sunday morning, I come. And we got our bus drivers, Brother Dara is here, and this Savani, Brother Oscar, I mean, man, he drives for everything. He drives his wife crazy the most. That's what he drives the most. Uh, but he, he's like, Brother Dan, I'll just give him a call. Hey, Brother Oscar, can you drive for this? All right. And I, I, I tell Brother Dan, I said, Brother Dan, you better take care of him because I ain't driving for you because you need to get your own license. Uh, and he's just serving. We have, and we have people like that all over. For our church to continue to be great, we need to continue to be servants. Every saint should be a servant. Yes, sir. Let me say this. Some of us have been here for a long time. And some of us, I've, I've done just about every job in, the, in our church. I did a lot before I even was on staff. I cleaned the toilets. I've mowed the grass. I've done things that's not to code uh, in construction. Uh, I've, I've fixed things uh, on the bus that I had no business fixing. I've driven everywhere. I've done camps. I've, I'm doing camps. I'm, I've done youth conferences. I've done maintenance. I mean, you name it, I've done it. I've done uh, the finance. I've done everything. And when I, 
after, uh, uh, I, when I was in uh, high school, I just thought, whatever you need, I'll do. Pastor would say, hey, I need somebody to, to set up for the church. I'm like, oh, man. My hand just go. it's just like, here, here am I. And I didn't even know what I was getting into. But I remember pastor preaching a sermon on being a servant and the importance of serving and, and, and God will use you if you're, you know, uh, if you're serving. I'm thinking, man, I want God to use me. Okay, guys, I need a, a strip and wax the floor. I need some, some guys. Who can do it? There it is. We didn't have money back then, pastor. How do you strip a, a, a floor, pastor? You, you used to work in janitorial. What do you use? You use stripper, the chemical. Now, I didn't know what stripper was. I didn't know what that chemical was. So what we did, pastor gave us all a comet, a thing of comet. Brother Pineda, I don't know if you remember. You remember that? He gave us all a green thing of comet and a green scrub pad. And he would play a game with us. He would say, guys, you got one, two, three, four, five, six, these, these squares. He said, you got six of them, and you need to strip all the wax off. So we put the comet on there, 99 cents. 99 cents store used to be 99 cents, not, you know, 125 or whatever it is. We'll put it on there, get on our hands and knees, and scrub. You say, why did we do that? I don't know if Pastor knew how to uh, 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 strip a floor, but I tell you what, he got some free, cheap labor. If I had to do it all over again, I'll pay somebody. You know, I'll go sell candy or something to pay for those, uh, that, uh, that stripper. But we would do that. And the floor, I mean, we stripped all that wax off and mopped it and mopped it. And then we would come and put wax over it. The, uh, and it would, I mean, man, it would sparkle that floor. Say, so what do you do? Here, here am I. I remember Pastor, he said, okay, Nate, um, can you, uh, uh, we're going to have a basketball league. He said, can you paint the lines and make the backboards? We didn't have money. I mean, we were poor. We didn't have money to buy a backboard. We went to, pastor went to Signal Hill somewhere where it was a bunch of oil things, and, and he bought himself a big old pole. And he brought it, and he threw it on there. I think Brother Jerry put the pole in, uh, and uh, he said, okay, now put the basketball hoop on there. And we, I, we didn't have Google how to paint basketball lines, how to make backboards. Nope. I rode a bus. He said, get it done. This is what I need. I'm like, man, I'm 10th grade. How do you do this? Me and uh, I think it was Brother Rith, and maybe Brother Pineda went with us too. We went to the library, and they had something called encyclopedia. <laughs> you remember that? I mean, you remember encyclopedia. Okay. And we would open it to basketball, and we'd do the dimensions. I had my pen. I, actually, you know, you're not supposed to do this. And it had big old things, you know, copyright. You put five cents in at that time. Print. Okay, taking it home, back to the church. And we did that. And we measured everything and chalk-lined and, and learned how to do uh, You say, well, why did you do that? Somebody need pastor said, I need some. Here it is. Just willing. Just willing to do it. We had an ACE school. We had a guy named Pin. And we used to do something called PACES. Y'all remember PACES, ACE, Pudge, Ace, Spot. It, they they want to be inclusive and have Hispanic guy in there. I think the Jose was in there. 
um, before it was just all white people. Uh, and they had Asian in there. I think his name was Chang or something. I forget what his name was. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I don't know if they had Asian guy. But he needed somebody to build the, um, build the, uh, 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 these uh, uh, um, desks. Never built a desk in my life. Luckily, he had a, the blueprints. He said, you know how to read this? I said, nope, sir. Figure it out. <laughs> and he would build the first one with us. And they were like, you know, we got this. High school, over the summer, instead of playing video games, we're building things. Yeah. Say what? Amen. We just want to help. We want to serve. Yeah. And our church, and by the way, you guys that, are in the min- that, that want to get in the ministry, don't seek a position. Seek to, have, uh, to make somebody successful. Yes. I just said, I, I want to serve. I want to serve. I, you know what? Pastor hired me after college. I wasn't the smartest. I know I wasn't the smartest. Okay, I mean, I barely graduated. I hated school so much, I wanted to just graduate. I said, I ain't going back another year. Brother Tongdi took him seven, eight years. I have four years, that's, that's good enough for me. And I, I just said, I'm done. I'm graduating. I'm taking out. And, and I graduated. And Pastor hired me. He didn't hire me because I was smart. He didn't, you know what? I just did everything he asked me to do. And some of you guys trying to get into the ministry, don't seek a position. Just seek to serve. Just say, I want to just do something. I never asked how much money I was going to get. I said, I want to serve. I just said, whatever it is, you know, I'll collect cans. I want to be in the ministry. Get, get, I want to put my foot in the door. But be a servant. A church, a great church, is comprised of saints, people that love to serve. If you want to be great, if you want God to start using you young people, let me say this, serve, serve. What is a servant? A servant is one that seeks to make successful those God has called them to serve. Don't seek for yourself uh, uh, to be somebody. Serve others and make them successful. You know, our, our thinking of, uh, of doing something great is so warped because we're so used to culture telling us, man, get as high as you can. Climb that ladder of success. It doesn't matter how, uh, uh, um, uh, how you get up there. It doesn't matter who you have to trip, who you kick down. I think I pulled a hammy on that one. It doesn't matter who you kick down. It doesn't matter who you throw over. Just get to the top. And that's what culture says. But the Bible says, if you want to be great, be a servant. And for our church to continue to be great, we're going to need servants. Let me just give you real quick the importance of being a servant. I mentioned this last time. Our our people have been here for so long. I've done everything just about in this church. And sometimes you get a little bit tired. Like, man, I've done this, I've done that. And some of us that's been here for a long time, we get, we, we, it's, it's monotonous. Choir practice again, our nursery again, bus ministry. I put my time in the bus ministry. I put my time in the teen department. I put my time in this. I put my time in that. I'm like, oh, that's just takes, uh, you know, I just want to relax. And I'm not saying work yourself to death. My wife, if I don't just tell her, stop it. Uh, her spiritual gift, she's a servant. She'll serve. She'll, oh, yeah, I'll do that. I said, no, you're not. No, you're not going to do it. You don't have time. And then she, didn't, she doesn't do it, and she comes home and says, I don't know why I, I, I rose my hand. I said, I'll help. I said, I know why, because you have a good heart. 
You ought to have that heart. But sometimes, and I tell her, I said, you're going to burn yourself out. And by the way, I don't think any of us are at that uh, position. I just served so much at the church. I did nursery for an hour and a half. Really? I just... The Bible says this in Nehemiah. I believe it's Nehemiah. The nobles put not their necks to the work. He said, what's a noble? A noble is somebody that's been there for a long time. Noble is somebody that's high and mighty. And sometimes we've come to church for so long that we're high and mighty. And we say, I can't serve these people anymore. I thank God our church, we rarely have those type of people. I mean, man, we have people, you know, like Bowen with a car that barely runs, running a bus ministry or bus route. We have those that have cars that run, that run a bus route. <laughs> and it's just service. People are servants. Let, let me give really fast. I'm out of time here. Let me give you a, a characteristic, some characteristics of a servant. Number one, a servant serves. Plain and simple. That's the definition. A servant serves. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 20, even so the Son of Man came not to be ministered to, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. I got to tell this story. There's a story of a young woman who wanted to go to college, but her heart sank when she read the question on the application blank. It asks this, are you a leader? Being both honest, she wrote no. And returned the application expecting the worst. To her surprise, she received a letter from the college. Dear applicant, a study of this application form reveals that this year our college will have 1,452 new leaders. We're accepting you because we feel it is imperative that we have at least one that follows. Everybody wants to be the head honcho. But not everybody wants to be the servant. Bus ministry uh, workers, serve that bus route. Clean that bus. When, when the hoopla is gone and everything's gone, the servant is the one that says, hey, I'll take care of this bus. I'm going I'm to try to make that bus uh, captain successful. Bus captains, you ought to say, I want to make my bus workers successful. I'm not here to try to get the praise. I'm going to deflect the praise and give it to my bus workers. A servant serves, but a servant also seeks to put others first, number two. A servant puts others first. And Jesus said this in uh, uh, um, John chapter 3, in verse 30. He says, he must increase, but I must decrease. And Jesus said that, I want God to increase and me to de decrease. Because I want to deflect that praise and I want to give it to God. By the way, Christians, when we work, we want to give the glory to God. When you sing a good song, some of you are gifted. I told Brother Nick today, I said, I can't tell you how to sound good, but I can tell you that you sound bad. <laughs> But if you ask me, I'll be nice. I'll, I'll give you ear candy. Oh, it's, it's phenomenal. Uh, some of you, you could, phenomenal. You could sing. Use that for the glory of God. Some of you can play an instrument. Use that for the glory of God. Be a servant in that area. Uh, some of you can play, I mean, man, 
The only, I, I, the only instrument, the only thing I play is the MP3 player on my phone. I, I, I don't play any kind of instrument. Every once in a while I can, you know, keep a beat like that. But a servant put others first. I like the, the um, um, poem, there are others, Lord, yes, others. Let that my motto be. Help me live for others that I may live for thee. Number three, a servant does more than, than expected. Jesus said, hey, if somebody asks you to go a mile, you're required to go that mile. Go with them too. He said, if you are the right type of servant, you're not just going to do what's required. You're going to do extra. I try to tell my kids, don't do what is expected of you. Do more than expected. Let me tell you how you're going to get a raise. You guys have uh, working in the uh, um, uh, secular field? Do more than expected. They have now this thing, it's called, uh, what's it called? Um, On TikTok, how to get, you know, the best employees or something, telling about all the problems. Man, Five o'clock, I'm done. Nope, 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 nope. Done. Do more than expected. Look what the Bible says. Luke chapter 17. If you have your Bibles, if not, I think it's on there. Luke chapter 17. Verse 10, so likewise ye, when ye shall have done, what's that next word? Those things, all those things which are what? Commanded you. It says you've done everything that you required of you to do. Look what Christ says there. Ye are what type of servants? You say, what's the word unprofitable mean? Profit means you get gain. To be unprofitable means you get nothing back. You say, why? Look what the Bible says. Why? Because we have done that which is our what? Duty to do. You do not become an exceptional servant until you do more than expected. Yes. That ministry that you have, I, I tell our, 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 our guys uh, that work on work scholarship, guys, don't clock in and clock out. This is not... Oh, I walk by the church and I see trash on the floor. I know I'm supposed to, uh, this is my job, my area, but uh, not work scholarship time. See ya, Brother Paul, trash. Brother Paul, no. I said, pick the darn thing up. Here's one right here. Put it in your pocket. My pocket when I go home is full of trash because your kids throw stuff on the floor and I pick it up. Be a servant. A servant goes above and beyond. And I tell a work scholarship, guys, guys, I'm not training you to get more out of you just to squeeze you. I say, I'm training you to do that so one day when you go work for somebody, whether it's in the ministry or not, they're going to give you raises. They're not, if somebody needs to get fired, you're not going to get fired because you do above and beyond. A servant does more than is expected. Number four, a a servant chooses to serve. They don't have to be forced. They they choose to serve. Exodus chapter 21, you can read that later on. I'm out of time. And then number five, a servant is important. We need servants. Like I gave that uh, illustration. We have too many leaders. Everybody wants to be a leader. Nobody wants to follow. I want to encourage us in here. Let's have a servant spirit. Let's continue to be servants. Let me uh, give you the story here, the unseen hero. During World War III, or I'm sorry, II, <laughs> go 
Wolf and Three coming up right here. Just want to see if you're listening. England needed to increase its production of coal. Winston Churchill called together uh, labor uh, leaders to enlist their support. At the end of, of his preparation, he asked them to picture in their mind a parade which he knew would be held in one of the great cities after the war. First, he said, would come the sailors who kept the vital seas open. Then would come the soldiers who fought in close contact with the enemy. Then would come the pilots who had uh, driven the jets from the sky. Last of all, he said, would come a long line of sweat-stained, soot-streaked men in miners' cap. Someone would cry from the crowd, and what were you doing during the crucial days of our struggles? And from 10,000 throats would come the answer, we're in deep, we're deep in the earth with our faces to the coal. Let me say this, church, not all the jobs in the church are prominent or glamorous, but it's often the people with their faces to the coal, their hand to the plow, who help the church accomplish its mission. You look at this great building. You don't remember who dug what hole. We see this this church building, we say, man, this is a nice building. We never say, Boy, look at that hole that was dug right here that put that, that beam in that ground right there. That, uh, oh, man, I, man, that mud that was on this wall is phenomenal. We don't talk, talk about that. We look at that clock tower and say, that's nice. But if you go in that room behind there, you'll see the guts on the clock tower and all the wires and all the electrical and all the mechanical in there. That doesn't look so nice. But it's those things that make a, a, a nice clock tower. Yeah. And sometimes you might be working for the Lord and you might be under a bus. Or you might be in a restroom and nobody's here. And the Bible says you're going to get your reward. Yeah. You're going to get your reward. Amen. And church, we have a great church because we have great people. We have great people that are servants. I want to encourage us. Keep at it. We need so much help with bus drivers, shuttle drivers, camera people. We need camera people. We need PA people to help. We need Sunday school workers. We need ushers. We need security people. We need nursery workers. We need grounds. We need maintenance. Uh, we need janitorial. We need all these. I mean, I can name uh, others. We all need help. Yes. You say, why? A growing church will always need workers. Yes. I like what uh, uh, somebody said team was. The acrostic for team, together everyone achieves more. And together as a church, as a body of serving saints, we can achieve great things for the Lord. Amen. Let's continue to serve the Lord. And let me uh, uh, challenge you. If you're not serving, do something. Yeah. God didn't create us and didn't bring us here to sit, to soak, and to sour. God has brought, brought us here to serve. Yes, sir. Then let me say this. If you're being non-content at church and complaining about a lot of things, to tell you the truth, people that are like that are people that aren't serving. People that are serving are so busy doing things for others that we don't have time to pout. We don't have time to, ah, oh, yeah, you know, we're just little by little serving the Lord. Let's pray together.